Hello everyone, and welcome to The Safe Room, a survival horror game club podcast. I'm Grace, and with me as always is my co-host. It's Rose. Hello, I'm uh, getting uh, injections into my brain. Mm, stronger. Mm. Well, maybe it represents your inner strength. You ever think about that? No. The things you pull on to... Did you not get this dialogue at the end of the game? The the sexy nurse <laughs> in my brain? Yeah, where she's like, I, I come to you when you need inner strength. I represent the power within you. You didn't get that? <laughs> no. Also, there is no explanation for her. <laughs> no, there isn't. I really thought there was going to be. But, yeah, no. Uh, no. What's going not. on? What's going on in Sebastian's head? I don't know. What, uh, is that... What, what, what on what on pure thoughts? Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's like um, we talked about this while we were playing, but it th- that stuff with the nurses hornier at this time for like no apparent reason, and there's no uh-huh. like costume change. It's just like a tonal mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the evil within to what's with <laughs> the nurse. What's with the nurse? I don't... Because I don't really remember what her deal is, like, in... Because I, I guess I always assumed she, like, worked at Beacon in the first game. But I don't actually know if that's the case. Like, I don't remember if it says something about that. You know? Yeah. Uh it looks like she might we have we have some theory crafting around this. Okay. It looks like Alright, I hit me. <laughs> a manifestation of STEM itself. Okay, sure. Okay. I guess. Well, but okay, so here's here's my question about that because it is confirmed in this video game that if you are a psychopath you're stronger inside stem <laughs> like there's yeah. a direct relationship between you being good in stem and being able to like train change the world and do stuff and like you're you know and obviously i'm pu- big air quotes over all this right but like that's the language the game is using um and uh so I, if that's the incarnation of STEM, like, you know, does she have agency to make that not be the case? Why is she helping the guy trying to fix it? You know? Mm-hmm. This, these are my questions. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no okay. idea what's going on. Yeah. Can I, can I also, can I run by, run something about old Sebastian by you? Sure. Okay, so... Sebastian to me so pre his daughter supposedly dying and his wife leaving him he's like Chad Dale Cooper okay Okay. (laughs) and then during the events of the game when he's bearded and stuff he looks like if Adam Scott was Chris Prattified or like Jim from the Officeified like made that turn from being in a comedic thing to being an action star (laughs) Oh my god. It, he's uh Jack Reacher? <laughs> yeah, but like I guess. it's 
Well, it's so it. Yeah, I like mentioned that it's like he kind of looks like Adam Scott to me, and then the whole time, and then I were playing it, where we were like, yeah, he does. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't look like Adam Scott beardless. It's just the. It's the beard or like the design it's the of beard, the beard. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is. But yeah, if they if they ever option an Evil Within movie, they gotta they gotta give Adam Scott a call. Um, you know, I'm sure he would be so excited to to advance his career in the way <laughs> his colleagues have. <laughs> um, yeah, should we talk about this video game, or is there any other yeah, food sure. you want to get up to? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Um, yeah, Evil Within 2. It is wild how much more comprehensible the plot is in this. They really took the notes, the studio notes, <laughs> and we're like, okay. Well, Mikami's not even directing it this time. Yeah, he's like executive producer, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What um, happens in this game? So... Uh, I don't really, I feel like the end of the last game, maybe gets retconned a little bit or anyway. So the game opens with Sebastian drinking it up yeah. and hanging out. And then Kidman from the last game shows up and is like, hey, it turns out your daughter, you know, the one that died in a big fire. She is alive. She is like the core of a new stem that the Illuminati uh, called Nobius in this game, but the Illuminati have built and something has gone wrong. And like, we've sent people in to try and fix it, but they've not all come back. And so we need you to go rescue her. Um, so yeah, I mean, he goes into STEM. It's pretty clear. There's fucked up stuff happening. There's like a new version of the evil girl from the first game, but she's like multiple corpses. So together with the big, like, um, what is it like me- mechanized saw blade? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a freaky faggy artist guy <laughs> who is, yeah. um, you know, taking pictures of people dying and stuff. And so at first he's like pursuing this artist, um, who like mentions somebody else who's like, you know, that he was maybe working for in the past, but it's like, Oh, but now that I like have, you know, can, if I get access to the core, I can like change the world or whatever. So you kill him. And then it turns out that like, um, Kidman had, was like part of a conspiracy to, and to kill everyone in Mobius and stop stem and rescue, um, Lily, who's his daughter from stem. And, uh, Myra, Sebastian Jack's wife um, was like going to take over as the core and then basically like hit a kill switch because like every Mobius member has like a chip implanted in their brain that is for Mm -hmm. interfacing with STEM. And so if you like override the thing and like you can like electrocute everybody or whatever. Um, And the other guy who was involved was like the head of recruitment of like getting people into STEM who's like this cult leader of the church from the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's trying to get Sebastian to join him so he can take over Lily and like do all this stuff. Um, 
I don't know if it's super important. Like a bunch of stuff happens. They fight. Sebastian kills him. Sebastian goes after Myra, who's been transformed by Stem into like a into a goop creature. <laughs> um, and then he kills her, but she's still alive because it was like, I guess, just purging the evil Stem stuff. But she's like, I have to stay behind and uh, make sure the kill switch goes off so that Lily will be safe when she leaves. And so I'm going to die, but you can be safe with Lily. And uh, Kim on the other side, like, you know, sets everything up. And so everyone in Mobius dies. Lily and Sebastian escape. Um, but then in the post credits, the machine stem turns back on. And that's the video game, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything there that I missed that you think is very important to foreground right now? Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Other, other than we get the most random needle drop at the end of the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, what's the name of that song? Ordinary World? Yeah. <laughs> There's like two versions of Ordinary World sung by Lily, I guess? I guess, I guess. Uh huh. <laughs> Just play as they're riding into the sunset. Yeah, I really can't tell you what's going on there. Uh, I really like this game. I think the story is boring as shit. <laughs> I was actually, I was pleasantly, I I agree with you. I do think it's like weirdly well executed, and so there were some moments where I was like, "Oh, this is kind of hitting for me." But it is boring. It's like the most like post 2012 video game story that you could possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. um, you know? Yeah. Very uh, boilerplate. Uh, I got to save my daughter. Mm hmm. Story imaginable. Yeah, there's even when you when you kill the like big zombie that um, Myra turns into, you get an achievement that's like did what you had to do to save your daughter. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I think they play. I could tell you guys played The Last of Us, didn't you? Like, okay, like, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the back third of this game, you wake up, you wake up from being in Evil Within One World. Mm -hmm. Into being in The Last of Us. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah. Basically. Uh, yeah. But uh, I like playing it a lot. Yeah. Well, I think... Um, um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go. I think uh, the... Yeah, I think... So I think maybe we could talk through like what the big changes are from one. Cause it's pretty similar in terms of like basic formula. Um, but th there's crafting in this. First of all, I was there crafting Wasn't there in the crafting? first one. There was crafting in the first one. Okay. I like, didn't remember that. I guess I feel like my, I don't know. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, do I have memory problems because I had COVID like a year and a half ago? Who could say? Love this world we live in. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's crafting still. And it's semi-open world-ish. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's more like, I, I actually would compare it more to like Bioshock, right? It's like open levels for like the first kind of two areas. And then it. And then it kind of 
siphons back into like the linear track of the first game more or less um and i mean yeah are there any big changes you still got that crossbow you know yeah i i i think the changes are mostly structural i think there is a Mm -hmm. there's a mix of like linear levels and then in between those you have these like open areas um Mm -hmm. that are kind of where like some of the more uh experimental gameplay stuff is in yeah. this one mm-hmm. um a lot of a lot of the open world stuff is also in ghostwire tokyo so this is very much like proto that game oh yeah in a lot sure. of ways um mm-hmm. and yeah i really like all the open world stuff i think all like like going to a place and getting a bespoke uh spook is like cool <laughs> yeah what yeah no it's good when you like go when you're like okay so you have this um i guess this is also the other thing you have like a radio like a kodak yeah and yeah. um and then you can like pick up signals on it and sometimes it'll be like oh there's a little like story event or there's like a little uh or like you know this is the way you need to go to like advance the main story or it'll be like here's like a pouch so you can hold more ammo or here's, you know, whatever, stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. often, like, that first area especially, you'll, like, go to get the pouch, you'll pick it up, and then, like, you know, something will appear <laughs> that you'll have to fight or something. And so having these little tiny encounters that are, like, kind of sharply designed that are just about, like, that little scare is yeah. is cool, yeah. Did you um do all of the ghost uh, stuff, side stuff? I did do that, yeah, I did all that. That stuff yeah. is sick. Yeah. I like when you go into a, a house and you just get spooked by a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then in if you don't do that encounter, you just never see that ghost in the open world. Really? But if you but if you do do that side mission, you get fucking haunted in the open world by the stupid ghost. Uh wow. and it's cool as shit. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Well, and it's kind of, it's some spirit of, uh, the beacon of like his stuff in beacon that he shoots himself to, Yo, to so I didn't, I didn't finish this quest line when mm-hmm. I played it the first time. Oh yeah. So doing that and like, and then finishing that part off and going back into beacon and I'm, you see like Sebastian from the first game and I'm like under my breath, I'm like, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. And then you shoot him. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's good. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I have. I do. I'm trying to think if I have more like open world related stuff. Um, I also think it's nice. the w- Like it plays well into resource management, partially because mm-hmm. you know that like, OK, if I go try to get this thing, there's going to be like a scare. And so having to, like, interface with the system of, like, okay, I have, like, this much bullets and I want to get more by going to this thing. But it's possible that if I go to this thing, I'm going to, like, trigger an encounter. And will I have enough stuff? Will it be, like, worth it to do that? And the game eventually, like, kind of phases that calculus out entirely as it becomes, like, action set pieces. But I think Mm -hmm. that that first little bit is, like, cool. And I also think that that arc of it moving from the sort of broader stuff into because i think like i don't 
I don't know this, but I think eventually I would have been like, okay, I feel a little bit done with like walking around these big empty spaces and stuff. Mm. Like I think it works partially because it's a little bit spare there and doesn't like that's not the whole game, you know? Um, Yeah, I did kind of get fed up with it when it gets when you that like last section where the city is like falling apart and like the enemies are just like super hard. I'm yeah. just like I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna turn on the one shot kill and just power through this. Right. Yeah. I'm really tired of this. Did you get the um, flamethrower? Um Uh I don't remember if I repaired it. Yeah. Or not. I did, and that ended up being really helpful a little bit okay. later on. But yeah. Um, I think this game it has it has the open world problem of like everything you do um contributes to you being able to like level up and stuff right but that but that means that like the first like hour or two of this game is like super unforgiving um just trying to do anything Mm -hmm. um i had bumped down the difficulty when i first started playing um and then i got like maybe a quarter of the way through and then i was like shit like i'm realizing like getting like stuff is negating the difficulty of this game like by a lot yeah so i just Mm -hmm. eventually like restarted and then just like leveled up and then uh played it on like the survival difficulty and had a decent time with it but yeah um yeah the first like hour or so where you like have no resources um and you haven't leveled up your guy enough and you just like die in like a hit or two that yeah. sucks <laughs> yeah it sucks so bad well like it does you the idea is like you lean on the stealth which is like i think is not bad by any means but is like a little imprecise for an open mm-hmm. environment right like i think it's perfect for the kind of like little set piece stuff like all those ghost encounters that we were talking about earlier where okay it's like if i get got by this lady i'm gonna die and so there's yeah. no you know, there's no way to interface except be stealthy and sometimes run. And I think that stuff works really well because it's like a tight environment. Although there's some trial and error that I thought was a little annoying in a couple of mm-hmm. those encounters. But like, I think any time where it's like, okay, I have to interface with stealth where I can. And it's like a tight environment. Um, but sometimes when it's like, oh, it's kind of a big area. Like, I think it just doesn't quite work. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't feel like you have quite enough tools to like interface with the world in a way that is going to like enable you to do things stealthily you know yeah i guess um it gets better if you like upgrade all the stealth stuff yeah for sure um which yeah just, which in fairness i i did like half of those upgrades i didn't i really went in on health and recovery um yeah i went on on stealth because i just realized that that was the primary mode they wanted to this is a metal gear game this yes, is like yeah this game is like secretly a Metal Gear Solid game <laughs> somehow <laughs> um, where like you're hiding behind cover and like Metal Gear like four and five like specifically you're like hiding yeah. behind cover and like sneaking up behind guys and taking them out. You get like you can get like a fucking silence pistol yeah. to take out guys so other enemies can't hear you. Um, 
And so I just like put all my a lot of the resources in like taking down enemies quickly. So like all the combat stuff and then all the stealth stuff, like making it harder for enemies to hear me approaching and stuff like that. Um, and it's just it is just one of those games. Yeah. In a way mm-hmm. that was very funny. Even like the level design um takes from Metal Gear, just like the way that covered you they 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 have rooms where there's cover and guys are interspersed throughout the level doing their cycles and you yeah. do your stealth kills while you're mm-hmm. moving between the spaces. It's Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, well, it's even like you get, you know, you get all your weapons and stuff in the game world, right? Like you don't come, you, you, the whole first like hour or half hour or so, the opening is just like you have nothing. And it's just like, um, I mean, kind of like layers of fear e haunted house stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get a gun, you know, <laughs> and then like you start building out your like arsenal of stuff. So it has very much that arc to it that metal gear has right where it's like you don't come in with a bunch of tools you get tools as you go um and that's like an additional function of like obviously in this game you do level up like you get your you get your green gel from fallen enemies Mm -hmm. and you you know level up your stuff but like um another way the game gives you stuff is just that like you get tools you know you get weapons and Mm -hmm. stuff um speaking of do you want to talk about all the stuff with the artist uh yeah i well yeah i guess what did you think about this i don't know if i have like a uh they watched hannibal and then put it in the game (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is more or less what it is yeah i think Um, it's um oh go ahead sorry no you just start this game and you are just randomly transported into this like artist mansion where like he's he's killing people and making it displays of art and he's very queer coded and yes it's yeah very weird <laughs> very strange because <laughs> the game just has nothing to do with the actual video game the evil within 2 but uh this oh this yeah character it's like dominates. not yeah he's like in not, terms of yeah <laughs> but he dominates like the first like half of this game until you kill him so yeah it's interesting <laughs> Yeah, he's just like an incidental player that is like mm. he got let in because the program is apparently terrible at identifying people who <laughs> would be appropriate to put into STEM. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and so he's using it as like a playground to create grotesque art, um, some of which is cool, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah. that, that first uh, like kind of, I don't know corpse sculpture that's like the dress and the hands coming out of the floor and stuff is like yeah it's pretty cool mm-hmm. maybe we should let this guy cook you know <laughs> he's entering uh, his crimson period yes he's entering his crimson period <laughs> yeah there's a part where that whole theater sequence which is like the final set piece with him is mm-hmm. so deranged because you go in and he has like in the theater there's all these people tied up like wearing black hoods over their face or not wearing you know like forcibly wearing um and he's like talking about like how cool his art is and how like in this world he doesn't have to put up with those dumb critics who don't understand him and all this kind of stuff and then it's like he's like picasso had his blue period i'm in my crimson period 
and then he like blows up the heads of everyone in the auditorium and like freezes time and so he's like oh it's a bouquet of blood <laughs> and that's kind of his vibe that's the kind of yeah. stuff he's into i guess um yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty silly it's pretty goofy yeah i i feel like i liked the like like horror um funhouse stuff less so this time yeah me too for sure um part of it is like we played Alan Wake 2, which is like so much better th- at doing that than mm. this. Yeah. This is kind of, Alan Wake 2 is just like really elaborate set pieces, FMV implemented throughout. And then this is like, we put some red curtains <laughs> and a Chevron <laughs> floor. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I but do. It's all, it's all right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it is like, I think this is the thing where I felt a little bit dazzled by the evil within ones. Like, um, where I was just like, this is such a well-crafted game. And the first little, you know, first two thirds of it, like most of the game is just so razor sharp in terms of design. And yeah. I was playing this and I was more like, Oh, this is really competent. Like this is very mm-hmm. like, it's almost workmanlike. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, it's kind of hard to complain about that, you know, like it is good and it is well done. And there's some stuff in this. I think like the last, the set piece of the last like half hour, 45 minutes is legitimately very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so are you talking, what, uh, what specifically are you talking, are you talking the, about like the cut between Kidman and Sebastian? Yeah, it is what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's sick as hell. Yeah. Near Automata, cool. eat your heart out. um it's so cool yeah that whole sequence is cool i also really i like the boss fight with um liam as he's like transformed into the flamethrower man um Mm -hmm. because it's like i like o'neill i like o'neill he's such a piece of shit i love him (laughs) (laughs) yeah no he's a good he's a good character he's my probably my favorite of the uh mobius members you run into yeah because um, the other the other thing is that you keep running into mobius members who like help you out and then die basically um basically and then there's the one guy who like tries to go through a back door and like disappears into the tub yeah and then you you're know. just like and then you're just like i got you know and then you like read an audio log and it's like there's a one in four chance that you'd actually make it if you did this back door method <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's so I really, funny. I thought that was going to come back in a big way where it was like that they have to use that method to get out like him and Lily. And then they're like, oh, we're back home and like things are cool and good. But they're really just at a deeper le- level of STEM. Like I thought it was going to inception. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't, didn't do that. Yeah, I didn't do that side quest when I played it the first time. So doing this, I'm like, wait, there's a, there's a back door. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Then, and yeah, that reveal, I like that it's like not something that's followed up on because it's like, yeah, it's a really good. It's a really good ploppy. Otherwise, it's just haunting. Yeah, I like some of the some of the like corporate decay stuff is good. Like mm-hmm. you find you can find like some um, some files that are like, oh, yeah, like these zombies are just appearing and we don't know why, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like like one twentieth of the population of STEM is now like corrupted or whatever 
And that's like, I just think that's like, it's like, well, why didn't you realize that, Hey, why did you realize that something was wrong? <laughs> like, why didn't you do anything? But also just that idea of like, Oh, I'm in this like American idyllic American small town. And like, a, you know, a fifth of the people I know are just disappearing. It's like a kind of, it's like haunting in a way that game doesn't manage usually. Right. Yeah. I mean, and then the other side of that is like the people who are trapped in like, um, in like the, the like religious kind of nightmare zone. Yeah. Like you get like, there's a few audio logs that are just like, I want to go home to, to the fake world that movie has set up for me, you know? Right. Yeah. Totally. Um, that stuff's cool too. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the town. Union. Union. Yeah. 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 I love their brain tree logo too. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about, I'm forgetting the preacher's name. Um, uh, Theodore Wallace. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What do you think of Theodore? What's your, what's your beat on him? Um, um he's fine. Uh, I like using him as an excuse to explore the aesthetics of the first game again. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. especially you get like, you get like a pretty much a boss rush from enemies of the first game. Oh, that part's so cool. Thing. It is yeah. really cool. Yeah. And just um, basically remembering how to do all those bosses again was really cool. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm the stuff towards the end where like, the people who are now like corrupted by Mobius were actually trying to like get um, Lily out of Mobius, and it just kind of went as bad as it could possibly go. Um, yeah, that stuff is that stuff's pretty cool conceptually. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Theodore is interesting in that. Um, we mentioned like Mobius being like this place being like the, the true sickos thrive in in this like world. Yeah. Um. And so it would make sense that like this like really charismatic like cult leader guy would just control everyone. Um. Mm-hmm. I think that part's really cool. Um. Yeah. O- O'Neill like turning like makes so much sense. Um, yeah. I yeah, I like that cool. stuff. Um, and I, I even kind of like, uh, I'm forgetting her name, but the like psych- team psychologist kind of becoming radicalized over uh, the course Hoffman. of meeting her. Hoffman. Uh, is it Hoffman? Yukiko Hoffman. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. I, I was thinking of Yukiko. They joke like, about her being the team psychologist like a billion times. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> Um, well, it's also so because they brought like one of the I think this is also a cool dynamic is that they brought in a bunch of people who are like like tech specialists and like psychologists and like people yeah, who are they, not. They fucking annihilationed it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like it's like they're not prepared to handle like what is going on. And then as soon as like the Mobius security people like figure it out. They're like, oh, we should just kill all the civilians to prevent them from <laughs> yeah. turning and, like, build our, like, little, you know, like, military enclave or whatever. And then that also goes terribly, right? Like, that, all that stuff falling apart, I think, is cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like, yeah, I mentioned O'Neill earlier, but I really like 
um within the first five minutes because you're 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 one of like your submissions is like finding all the mobius members that went missing mm-hmm. and like yeah. within the first like five seconds you come across the team leader being dead yeah. <laughs> and then you tell O'Neill, and O'Neill's like, "Yeah, that sounds about right." <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then Sebastian's like, "That's pretty cold, O'Neill." And O'Neill's like, "Look, I'm not saying I'm glad he's dead. I'm just saying it makes a lot of sense that he's dead." <laughs> it's true. I it does him. make sense. O'Neill, you're <laughs> <love> right. <laughs> um. Oh, did you also get? I, I'm forgetting the the guy who goes through the back door method's name. Did you get that little? like race joke that's in there oh yeah um yeah. sorry his name is his name is sykes yeah mm-hmm. um well because he and because like, sebastian is like how did someone like you end up here and he's just like well, what do you mean by that <laughs> yeah and sebastian's like oh like you're cool <laughs> and sick <laughs> You're like you have no. He's like you have a backbone, unlike everyone else here. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> but he asked that to like all the Mobius members, though. He's like, yeah, he does. <laughs> like you're a fucking dork. How are you in here? Yeah. Except um, for Esmeralda, who once again is wakes up and is shooting zombies immediately. Yeah, I was also like, I feel like this is filled out with like side characters from the resident evil movies <laughs> yeah because like there's a character who's kind of like sykes in not really exactly but kind of like in resident evil i forget what the second one's called and then like um oh i just you just said her name but i completely forgot it um but she's Which kind one? of the michelle esmeralda? Rodriguez character esmeralda yeah, yeah. um <laughs> michelle so Rodriguez character. yeah <laughs> um so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's like, it's just a little weird, I guess. I don't think I have like a take on it exactly, but I guess I'm just flagging that, putting a little pin in it. <laughs> um, sorry, go ahead. Um, I do like the reveal that Esmeralda is the one that stole Lily. That like, is good. Orchestrated yeah. Did that that mm-hmm. thing? That's that's cool. Yeah. I think there's just not enough for me enough. There wasn't enough, like, I don't care about Lily or Sebastian. Like, I don't... Yeah. There was, there's not a good sense of what their relationship was like at all. No. He's just, like, a good dad. And that's all you get, really. Yeah. Right? And, he, like, yeah, I even just... The, yeah. Even, yeah, even the stuff with... um, uh, What's the wife's name? Myra. Myra. And the stuff with Myra is just, like, yeah, you're a, you're a great husband. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I'm, like, cool. I like the stuff where, because part of it is that um, Theodore can like play on people's fears and doubts and stuff, mm-hmm. and so like the middle third or like the kind of ba- like th- like third fourth of the game is like Sebastian tried to come to grips with like his guilt and shame over because mm-hmm. part of it is that Myra was immediately like something is up, like I think Lily was kidnapped. I don't think she's dead. And Sebastian's like, I we have to try and get over this together. Like you saying this stuff is not gonna bring her back. Like we have to try and figure out how to how to move forward. And Myra's like, well, I just have to go in. And so you know he didn't believe her, and that in some ways like kicks off all the events of this game, right? Mm-hmm. And so him trying to like come to terms with that and like free himself 
of his shame and guilt about that. I think that's the emotional thread in the game that does more or less just land for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's also that gets time to breathe and be emotive in a way that like his relationship with Lily doesn't like I think there is kind of no. like a general assumption in media sometimes that it's like if there's a family I'm gonna care about them and, mm. and I just I just don't I think you do have to sell the relationship you know yeah um yeah yeah, I yeah, I did not care. Like the ending where they just like drive off into the sunset. I'm like, cool. I still have no idea what this like dynamic is. They yeah. also they also skirt right past Myra dying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't deal with that emotionally at all. You get Kidman gives her a doll of Myra, which is the yes. worst gift you can get someone. That's like like my dog dying, and then someone gave me a plush of my doll a day after. It's like, <laughs> dude, chill out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. Well, I guess I don't know. I don't really. I don't think there's going to be an evil within three. I guess I don't know how well this game did, but like I would suspect not. Um, and that's the thing is that ending you could do a game that's like, oh, Myra's still trapped in there. And Kidman mm. is to get her back or like whatever. Like the the room is open for like any sort of sequel premise you would could imagine, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also not like it's resolved enough that, you know, there's no reason to go back. Like it's not a cliffhanger, right? Um Yeah, it's very neatly neatly tied up. Yeah. They fucking um, kill everybody in Mobius, you know? Yeah. Everybody fucking dies. I, I, I was like, you know, I guess I'm glad that Kidman makes it out. Because for a little bit, I was like, is there going to be a woman who lives <laughs> in this game? Um, yeah. Final. I've, no final yeah, girl. Think, I, just final man. Um, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. No, there there was like two wolves inside of me. Like, I remember her making it. But there was like a moment towards the end where I was like, did I misremember that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, I, Um, yeah, yeah. I do. I really like that sequence at the end just because it's like, I mean, I just, I just am a sicko, I guess, for this when there's like intercuts between gameplay stuff in a game. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. People should do this. Um, Then it is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They give Kidman so much more to do in this game that I like. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Uh they also made her way more hot for some reason, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Understood, I guess. Yeah, her character design is is different. I think it's also it's weird because I feel like her character design is less horny, but I think you're right, she is hotter. Yeah. You know, Did you get works. all of the um slides? I missed one because I think okay. I picked it up and then respawned and forgot to grab it again. Uh, you know. Um, <laughs> so let me see. Let me see how you feel about this. Okay, hit me up with when it. You, when you get all the slides, <laughs> uh, you go back to your 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 mind palace, whatever, mm-hmm, and yeah. the cat, Kidman's cat, like leads you to like the chair. Um, and the nurse is like, there's one memory you've been avoiding this whole time. Mm -hmm. And you pick up the last slide and you put it on the thing. Uh, 
and it's a picture of Joseph. <laughs> and oh, and shit. you call and you call Kidman about it, and Kidman's like, "Yeah, Joseph's alive." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> What? Uh, what? Ha- I like not holds. not elaborated upon at all. That's so. What happens with Joseph in the first game? He dies. He dies he in Mobius. Yeah. He dies in Kidman seven. shoots him. Oh yeah. But um yeah, and then wow. and then Sebastian was like, "I can't forgive you for what you did to Joseph." And Kidman's like, "Uh, so I know this is gonna suck, but like he's alive." <laughs> <laughs> like dog what also was he killed when everybody in mobius gets killed <laughs> like that's what, what's going on <laughs> yeah i wow that's bizarre yeah it's very silly every single thing in the first game has been retcon in some way <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i think it I, it's such a weird like because i like the stuff i mean not that it's like super effective but i like the thing where it's like oh the events of the first game are like haunting him still you know mm. and like I, I think that like makes sense but that's not it doesn't really work in any other way besides that like especially like you can play this game and completely understand everything that happens in it more or less mm-hmm. and not have played the first one at all like it, it's very uncontingent on it um so yeah it feels it feels like a soft reboot almost yeah for sure um, which like kind of makes sense, um, but also is like, whatever. Like I, mm-hmm. I like the first game, you know. And I think it's even like it's weird to say because I think in some ways this is like more competent narratively. But I do kind of miss the like freakish, like I do not know what is occurring stuff in one. Um, mm-hmm. like I think that that is pretty. Like, it's just, I, I think, yeah, like, I think we, we talked a little about how, like, the level design is not quite as sharp for, it's more consistent is the trade-off, right? Like, this is a game that I think stays good all the way through in a way that Evil mm. Within is just not, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that, like, the haunted house stuff in one is just so good, and it doesn't quite hit those highs um, ever, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah, way more consistent. Yeah, I yeah. definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Definitely got that feeling as well. Um, I guess, should we talk about Myra? That boss fight is so goofy. It's so... I forgot about that. When she turned into a boss, I was like, come on, guys. Yeah. I really wish this... You, you should do it. It should be Metal Gear. And it should be like the boss battle in Metal Gear Solid 3. Like someone who's like equivalent to your abilities and stuff. Like emphasize that parallel, you know, do that. Don't, she just turns into like a big zombie that has like glowing weak points and that's, you know, that's it. And I also, yeah, I don't, I, you know, I don't really love the like grotesque feminine stuff with her, right? Where she's like transformed by her like motherhood. Yeah, and becomes monstrous. Sucks. Like, yeah, this is bad. Um, yeah, I'm like, the only one who can protect her. Yeah, well, it's like, yeah, Sebastian's fatherhood is always ennobling and inspiring and, like, good, right? Mm-hmm. And her motherhood is, like, I mean, necessitates that she die, first of all. And then is also, yeah. like, 
made monstrous and stuff. It's just, yeah, it's like uncomfortable and boring and sexist, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think, are there any other moments that you, that stuck out to you that you really liked? I, I really thought that first person segment was going to be more, was going to happen again, but there's like a first person segment of this game that just like happens once. And then is that, that's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm reading the fandom wiki on this and Mm -hmm. people just like modded it into like the full game. And so Tango just went in and like cleaned up like the gun reload animations and stuff and then just put it in the game. Oh, really? people, People were like, yeah, this first person mode is used once, and uh, oh yeah, that's <laughs> right. I forgot that they added that in. That's cool. Um, yeah, but it is really silly that they just did it once and never again. Yeah. I yeah. I wonder. I wonder if they just cut some stuff and then that was just like left over. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, I I kind of like it just as like a. Like, I like it when a game does something interesting and weird and is willing to just let that lie and not elaborate mm-hmm. on it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it is also, yeah, I, I think I also, I, I don't know. One of the feelings I got of, like, satisfaction playing this is I I kind of like it when I play, um, like, a Japanese-developed game that is clearly taking a lot of cues from... You know, like, obviously, we talked about The Last of Us. There's some layers. There's some, like, blooper team stuff in here, kind of in terms of formula. There's, like, um, like that section is a little bit amnesia, even, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also, like, it's an open world, and there's crafting and, like, all this stuff, right? And I also kind of feel like it shows up all those games. Like, it's kind of better <laughs> mm-hmm. than all the... And I get kind of a perverse satisfaction out of that. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what... <laughs> where that comes from but i'm just like yeah, yeah like, it is it is the part where they just they they made they you mentioned like this game is confident like they just made the game <laughs> yeah you know yeah well it's also like i i because like i do not like crafting in video games and this also just doesn't bot like in this game it's fine it's so you know? light exactly yeah, yeah. and it's, it's just like, about it's just about you, you can know, pick up resources that you can turn into multiple things. Yeah, yeah go and ahead. it's very readable. Like you know, like as soon as you pick up like an object, you're just like, yeah, I can make like some some bullets with this, and you just kind of do it, and then you move on. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. not very complicated. Yeah, which I think, like, I don't know, maybe there's. There's some crafting sickos out there, I'm sure, you know. Um, well, they're they're all playing Pow World, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they're so. not well, listening to this. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's like Factoria people, you know, yeah. or Factorio, mm-hmm. um, which I, I kind of respect Factor. I don't think I'm ever going to play that, but like I I see the appeal of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have some gripes about, like, broader way this game handles difficulty, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because um, this game has, like, a new game plus. But you can't, like, 
you can't increase the difficulty once you've lowered oh, it. Oh, yeah. And that mm. goes for like a new save file. So like I can't go in with my new um, stuff that I got and like play it on like the highest difficulty. Yeah. Um, which is really negates the purpose of that mode for me. Right. Um, and then this game has so much unskippable cutscenes. I don't know why you would do new game plus to begin with. Yeah. That is, I was thinking about that part where you you're in like the ash world at the end and you get all the like Mobius flashes of like what happened just before everything fell apart, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you can't skip any of that. Like, it's such a long... Yeah. I mean, even the opening, like, all of the, like, stuff with the house, you have to go through that stuff again. Yeah. You have to do all the, the mansion stuff with the artist. You have to walk, do, like, the slow motion, or not slow motion, but, like, the, the walking as you're talking on the, the walkie-talkie and stuff. Yeah. There's so much mm -hmm. you can't skip in this game, and it's a little ridiculous that they didn't, like, implement, like, hey, just skip this part. Get to the yeah. game part. Mm -hmm. And I guess maybe it's like, oh, you can revisit it after a few months or whatever. But yeah, like I don't I, I think for that, like, I, I don't know. I'm part of me is like, I kind of want a new game plus both evil within one and this. But I don't know if that's ever actually going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah, one is um, one would be easier just because it's so gameplay heavy. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. for sure. But this one is very like. Yeah, cut a lot of cutscenes, and I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know if it was like a technological barrier or something, but right. like, just let me skip stuff. I don't get it. Yeah, for real. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't. I don't know if I have. I'm trying to think through like stuff. That I want to shout out. Do you have like a favorite area um, in the game or like level that you want to shout out? Um, not really. I mean, the first, the open areas I really like, except for like the last one where it's just annoying. Yeah, yeah um, I kind of just ran through those. I mean, I did end up like I did fight two flamethrower guys to get their tanks and get the flamethrower. Um, yeah. Did you get from? Although there's like an achievement for like stealing it from Liam or O'Neill before you get the, oh. like before the boss fight starts or something. And I don't know if that's real, but I mean it must be, or there must be. I I might be misinterpreting what the achievement text is, but I was like, ooh, that's interesting. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, we talked a little bit about I, I think in the in the Evil Within episode, like how this has kind of an immersive sim quality, and that's just mm -hmm. only going up here. Like, and that's Metal Gear to some degree, right? Um, mm -hmm. Too. So, and I think yeah, it's well. I, I think if you like the first game, or even if you were like, oh, I like the first game sounded interesting to me, but like there's a few things that Grace Bruce talked about that are like big hangups for me. Maybe give this a go because it's got it's definitely got. It's, the highs are not as high, but the lows are not as low. Um, yeah. Oh, also, it's sick when it's sick when you cut the chainsaw man in half in that yeah. sequence. That's good as hell. It's good. Um, yeah, I guess also I was like, again, it didn't like blow me away. 
Um, but there's some like flashier cutscene stuff in here or like little moments that I liked. Like I like Kidman when she's like interfacing with Stem and the like evil uh, Mobius man is like standing above him and the light is all back. So it's like just a silhouette. Right. Um, there are some like little kind of uh, like composition touches in this game that I thought were nice. Right. Which is like rare for me to say about a video game. I think so. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. This game, I'm just gonna do like some stray thoughts, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. For, I play this on Series X, and you can uncap the frame rate, so it just runs at 4K 60, and it's yeah. great. I love mm-hmm. that. Love it so much. Yeah. Love when games are at 60 frames a second. <laughs> and those cutscenes look so good. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. What else? Uh, I like the O'Neill boss fight. Yeah. I think that's probably my favorite boss fight of the game. For sure. Me too. Definitely. I think also the, that's just like a creepy design. Um, yeah. I like when he takes the thing off and... Mm-hmm. He's got a he's got a fucked up Revan face underneath. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, mostly, I just like it because it, it incorporates a thing that I feel like this game doesn't do often enough, which is like using the environment to dispose of the boss and stuff. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. was more of a thing in the first game, and not so much in this one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I also, yeah, I just like the, like, I don't know, because there's not, there's, like, a light stealth component with that boss battle, because, mm. like, you can kind of get out of his sight, because it's, like, it's, like, a couple rooms or three or four rooms that you're fighting him across, mm. and then, like, the sensation of not knowing where he is, and then just seeing, like, the glow from a room over of his flamethrower, like, that is really nice to me, um, mm. I wish this game did more of Sebastian being sad. We only really get that towards the end when everybody is dying. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like if this game, if the first half of this game was less about Sebastian being stoic, it landed, it would have landed a lot more, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think there is kind of a like, like, I don't know. He's trying to, like believe that she is alive and you know i don't know like but yeah it just doesn't sell super well i wish there was more like yeah i just wish we got a better sense of who what they were like as a family like we get one scene where it's like the before and maybe it's a nightmare or something i don't quite remember where it's like them having breakfast together or whatever um and yeah, but again, like I, I, I think that I'm a little warmer on that stuff than you, just because I think it like does it has some confidence that like I think, I you know, it all functions, it all works and clicks together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that like can be impressive for a video game story to do. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Should we do questions? Do we have? Oh, uh, one else? more thing. I love. Oh, yeah that um i love that everybody in mobius dies and you see the fucking big bad brain brains blow out it's good yeah you yeah. love to see it mm-hmm. oh it's good yeah I, the gore in this game is good 
generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Like, like we were talking about the cutting the guy in two. Like, that is gnarly in a good way. The like, yeah, Mobius people getting their brains brains blown out and like bleeding from their you know like every hole on their face and stuff is like mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. It's classic. Yeah, I love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like I like the weird um I don't I don't remember what they're Oh, okay. Nah, a couple more things. Oh um, yeah, keep going. No, please. The mon- the monster me. that like has like the milk texture, I guess. Do you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Yeah. That's that's, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, just, I can't remember. I can't remember if that was like Rubik related or not, because it definitely calls back to that a little bit. Isn't it like that? It's part of Myra's deal, right? It is because yeah. she's like, she yeah, she's Gwyneth Paltrow, she's Goop. Um, <laughs> uh, um, the amount of hours that I spent. Doing the stupid mini games. Me fucking too. <laughs> oh, I meant to bring that up. Yeah, my god. <laughs> Just the the shooting gallery one is pretty easy. The like mm-hmm. match three puzzle one oh, sucks. I hate it. Because you like do perfectly fine and then everybody's just like, you fucking suck. That one that <laughs> that sucked ass. I'm like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Yeah, I did. I I, I spent yeah. like that last. Um, oh, also because yeah, I had Amos just turned off playing a lot of this game, mm-hmm. and then in the final boss fight with Myra, I was like, I'm turning Amos just on. Like I'm so <laughs> done. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so I did. Yeah. So that like la- that very hard shooting gallery was tough. Um, yeah. But I did do it. I got it. Um, yeah. I think I I think once I had the um the like machine gun like assault rifle I just went back and did that and just oh yeah got it very easily um the mat the puzzle one I didn't fully complete because no was me just either annoying. <laughs> yeah annoying it's hard do. yeah um oh go ahead yeah no because they just have the the blocks that fucking seal off all the other colors and it's it's a nightmare yeah Hate it. yeah oh yeah that stuff is annoying well then it keeps at it keeps adding additional colors too yeah but it's I like only... oddly satisfying to shoot them it is it, it feels it's good it feels good to do all the <laughs> it feels things good to do which just sucks yeah like i like getting the little braids that shake that give you extra time and stuff um yeah, yeah. um it is so. F- I, my favorite one of like getting told that you suck is her being like, "You deserve a round of applause for that." I'm sure someone out there will provide that for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I like funny. the one that's. I like the one that's just like, "Listen, it's just me in here. It's okay." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, it's it's like, uh, that stuff is like weirdly horny to me. <laughs> Like, it's like you had erectile dysfunction. She's like, it's okay. It's just me. Like, we don't have to tell anybody else. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on with them. <laughs> Man. 
man. It is it is like that though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um all right, are we are we good to go to questions? I don't think I I I'm clean out. I think I think you brought up the last thing that I was gonna bring up and forgot. Um. Uh, Sebastian yells, disappointed if you do bad. Oh also. yeah, there's all those fucking memes. Because he does, <laughs> he's like, she's like, you're the best around, and he's like, I'm oh yeah, I forgot about down. that. Oh my yeah. god, shut off. <laughs> Yeah, did you get the dialogue where they're where he's talking with O'Neill and it's like evil within too, and they both turn to the camera? <laughs> like, uh, I've seen that I clipped did, on Twitter. I am but aware. I, didn't get I am it. aware of that. I didn't get it this time. I yeah, me neither. Yeah. But I do. I do know that line. All right. Um, so we've got a question from Emrys. That says um, horror games, while being a genre, also cover a gamut of traditional video game styles and genres. Obviously, the most style of games, obviously most styles of games can make an effective horror game, but some tend to be utilized more often than others. What design decisions tend to make more appealing effective horror games to you? Um, do we want, do you want to just go through these one by one um, and talk about them, or should I list them all off and then we can sort of do general taste discussions? Oh, uh, we'll do, um, yeah, let's do the latter. Okay. So, yeah, it's like first versus third person camera, combat versus no combat, linear versus open environments, uh, if it has like survival hoarding elements, and stealth. Um, and Emrys is says, personally visual novels are the most successful style of game at Evoking Core or Dread. And uh, I think it's interesting. I really am under visual novel um, literate. Like, that's really an area that I'm not super familiar with. Mm-hmm. And before you send in your emails, we do have some on the docket for this year. Yes, we do. We do. <laughs> so we don't sure worry. Do. We don't worry about it. We yeah. we're, we're we're addressing that. <laughs> we're doing don't the worry damn about thing. it. Um, um. Uh, I really think it depends on the game. Um, yeah, that's like a boring answer, but that is my answer too. I think. Yeah, um, it is so because like the the past few games we've played as are really combat heavy but are pretty good at like giving you tension within like the combat um mm-hmm. to make it yeah. more more tense. Um but there are plenty of games where you are powerless and can't do anything or like parts of those games where you where you are powerless and can't do anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do I, I think generally speaking, I guess I'm I would like to play Amnesia, I guess, at some point and get a sense of like what that is like, because um, that's really the game that popularized like the idea that you don't have mm-hmm. um, power, you know. Um, and I think that that's interesting. But. um But, like, generally speaking, I think I am kind of pro-combat as, like, an orienting thing. And maybe mm. this is just, like, post-Silent Hill, where I think, like, the combat in Silent Hill does something for me thematically that I think, like, yeah, like, technically you could take it out and the game would still be pretty similar and you could still do puzzles and have it be scary and all that stuff, you know? But I think mm. it does work in a particular way. 
I'd be curious about like playing like Soma, for example, where pe- everyone I've ever heard talk about that game is be like, yeah, I should just take the monsters out. It doesn't matter, you know. Um, um, that's mostly because there's a bunch of stuff to read, and once you put monsters in the game, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. just gets in the way of like the stuff that you're trying to do. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it but is I, interesting for that game. I feel like that tension is still there. Just in terms of like navigating the space and getting still getting you're still getting scares and stuff. It's just like you're not gonna get killed trying to like read an audio log, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because I do think sometimes also like I I feel I don't I'm not saying that combat should not be in Alan Wake, um, but it does feel the most tertiary I think it's ever been in any Remedy game. Right. In terms of like things the game is interested in and, and, and about. Right. It's like the, the last hour, there's like hardly any combat at all. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's not I don't think that's a bad choice at all. But I think it is like I think sometimes you can't it can be there because that is like the expectation of what you're supposed to do in a video game, you know, or like mm-hmm. you have to have monsters. Right. You have to have this stuff. Um, and sometimes you don't. You know, and it is good to think about like what assumptions am I bringing in from the genre that I'm working in that actually like don't apply or don't need to be there, right? But I also mm-hmm. think it's um, I think it's good, like, just in terms of having to go into the dark basement and then you have to like be competent and do stuff. I think it's just nice. It's a formula for creating tension that I think mm-hmm. often works. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but then you have uh, Anatomy, which is probably the scariest game we've played for this. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't, don't need not, it. You don't do yeah. shit in that game, you know? Yeah, yeah you just it get eaten. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, and I also kind of, I like linear stuff also, generally speaking, I think more, but that's also just like... I think the thing that's tough is just that open things are hard to to intentionally design um, mm-hmm. and to create like a specific like arc and feeling. Um, can I go off about uh, Tears of the Kingdom for a second? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, because like I think I there's a great uh, piece on um, developer Melos Hontani's Substack, I think. Um, and they, they developed, uh, like Adonine, co-developed Adonine, Adonine 2 and, um, Stephanie and stuff. And they were just talking about how, like, like, I don't think Nintendo will ever make a game like Ocarina of Time again. And it's not really because you, cause it's easy to duplicate Ocarina of Time and there's a lot of games that do it, but it's more that like, there's a particular like arrangement of things that create a feeling and a mood and even like the order of puzzles and how that stuff breaks down is like key to that. And so it's not just a matter of like, oh, I duplicate, I have all the features and I have like the aesthetic, but it's like this very particular like arc and relationship that you have to it. Right. And I think that's something that like, even from Breath of the Wild to Tears of the Kingdom, like Tears of the Kingdom doesn't really have, like I love in Breath of the Wild and I wrote about this, the like finding the pictures and getting a sense of the world and then having through that device, the whole world becomes this thing that's suffused with memory and you can find, you know, places from earlier games and things like that that have these echoes of previous things that are now all in ruin. I think that it creates this like emotional landscape 
that Tears of the Kingdom just does not have. Like, there's just no sort of like, and it, it tries it like to pull the heartstrings in a way, but it's not as integrated. And so I, I, I just think it's harder to do in an open environment. And that is not me saying you can't do it. Um, but I just think it helps when you have like, when it's step by step and you can sort of frame things emotionally in a specific way. And that's why like Ocarina of Time works in a way and is emotional in a way that like the more recent Zelda output isn't exactly right. Um, like I would never want an open world Silent Hill, you know, Mm. and maybe it would be good and maybe I'm wrong. Right. But I just, I don't know what that would look like or be, and I don't want it. Do you know? No. Sorry, I'm just... Did you see that Molly tweet of the fucking Horizon Zero Dawn uh, boss? Oh, I I saw it. I didn't watch the video of the... Oh, it's just, it's just Aloy scaling a big, like, monster thing. Mm-hmm. It's like... It, it is very much like one of the divine beasts of Breath yeah. of the Wild. Uh-huh. But, but, but Aloy won't shut the fuck up <laughs> while she's climbing this thing. She's, and yeah, I'm just thinking I, about that. It, it doesn't have rough. anything to do with anything. Yeah. But. It is rough that like, um, like I, this is glib. And I think often it is good to have people who can actually write, writing your video game. I think there are many examples where this is a good thing. Um, but also like Halo 3 is more interesting and better written than any post halo which is all written by like writers (laughs) you know and i think part of it is that when it is sparser and when it is like more contained and even like a little bit more sanctimonious um like i think that stuff can just like work better and like i don't yeah i just don't know why you need to like more writing is not better you know Mm -hmm. um and i just think there is like a, a creation of like feature pipelines and stuff that like incentivizes like there being this kind of plethora of stuff, you know, in a way that I don't care for. Um, like I think a lot of video games are overwritten, you know, but we didn't talk about this when we did Alan Wake two, mm-hmm. uh, which is crazy because that podcast is three hours. <laughs> yeah. How did, how do you feel about the, um, the the poem they turned the your friends will meet them when you're gone and they turned yeah. that into like a fire walk with me poem oh yeah mm-hmm. uh i don't i think it's cool like i i, I don't know <laughs> if i have like a take on it i'm just like yeah that's pretty <laughs> sick <laughs> right um All like right. your friends will meet you when they're gone i think that's like yeah that's like one of the most evocative things that ever in a remedy game right and like even in video games more broadly it's just cool if you have a if you have a contrary take i'm interested to hear it i'm not uh trying to shut you off there no i just think it was it's part of me is like why do they have to bring it back and then mm, another part yeah, of me yeah, is yeah. like I don't know. If I was a writer, I'd try to flex on that too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so for sure. Yeah, no, I got you completely. Um Yeah. Uh we have one more email mm-hmm. uh from Jen. Uh Jen says, since Shimmy got Shimmy the oh, let me try this again. <laughs> 
since Shinji Mikami left Tango Gameworks, there's been a lot of discussion about whether the studio can continue on as is. However, I was really impressed by John Johannes' work as director on both Evil Within 2 and Hi-Fi Rush, even though both games are vastly different. For their next project, would you like to see Tango Gameworks tackle another horror game like Evil Within 2, or is Hi-Fi Rush more your speed? Hmm. I mean, I'm also... I'm. You've played Hi-Fi Rush, right? Um, yeah, it's really good. It has the same problems that this game does, where the writing kind of sucks, and I forgot about it because of it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair uh, even though the game, like playing the game, is like really fucking good. Yeah. So I I have it downloaded, but I haven't touched it. Um. So I I can't quite answer like, would I like more Hi-Fi Rush stuff? But I guess I would say like, I think this is a super talented studio that could make like whatever kind of action game they want to, and it would probably be pretty good. I say mm-hmm. having not played Tokyo. <laughs> um, Ghostwire Tokyo. Ghostwire yeah. Tokyo, yeah. Um, but I'm kind of I'm kind of want to go through it. I kind of want to go through their catalog. There's not that, you know, it's just two more games. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just interested in what what they're cooking. You know, and so I feel very like open to whatever is next in the pipeline for them. Um and just yeah. hope that it's not too like I don't know. Um I guess well, I don't I don't know how much the Microsoft problem is that they're too hands-off or too hands-on, and maybe it depends on the studio. Was yeah, like I was that. just going to depend. If there's still a fucking studio by the end of the year, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's the other <laughs> thing is, yeah. Uh, I would probably like them to do both. Because I, yeah. like, I do like when they make horror games, um, mm-hmm. but I also would like them to make whatever they want. So Yeah. Uh, I think there's a good middle ground you can do. Yeah, for sure. No, I would love, I also, yeah, I'm just, I would love another horror game from them. And, you know, probably not the Evil Within 3, but they could do, you know, but also I'll, I'll sign up for that. Like, I, I would be interested, you know, still. Yeah. <sighs> I just, I just like when they, uh, did the Hi-Fi Rush reveal and Shinji Mikami was like, if people think this is scary, I'm fucked. <laughs> so. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's it for, for talking about the evil within two. Yeah. That's good. Um, next time we're covering, uh, well, I guess, I guess, I guess, well, we're covering her story and immortality yeah. from Half Mermaid Games, although I think her story predates Half Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but Sam Barlow stuff. Um, yeah, I'm interested. It's so, I, it's so funny that they announce new stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right before this. And one of those things is something that we're both probably really excited for, which is a Michael Lutz game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see how... Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm very, like, curious, because I think this is... I think Immortality is one of the games that, like, my friend group is... I Like, also, like, different circles, right? Is, like, most divided on. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I have friends who really like this game. I have friends who fucking hate this game and so mm-hmm. i just am trying to be open-hearted open-minded 
about the whole thing. And I think it'll also be good. Like, I think after playing Lane, this will be a good supplement to that episode. Like, I am, yeah, I think it'll be good stuff, and we'll see how it rolls. Yeah. Um, also, it's going to be February, which is going to be a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, not yeah. not my butch, because it's a leap year. But um, her story is like an hour and a half long. And immortality is, I mean, it's longer because you're watching video and stuff, but, uh, right. and there's also like a thing in the game that you have to solve really before you're able to beat it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that one's like a little bit longer, but, uh, yeah, nice. It's going to be a nice light month and I'm excited to, uh, talk about these games. Yeah. And it'd be nice after doing two survival horror and survival horror games to kind of take a step back from that, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, should we plug our things? Plugs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're hosted on the Admiral Mapping Network. Uh, you can find our Twitter at Podcast Safe Room. We have a Discord, which you can find at SpookyGame.club, our official website link. We also have a Patreon. You can give us money. Uh, Sub to our Patreon at patreon.com slash the safe room. We just debuted a new show called Closet Crit, which is about reading theory and philosophy and probably also talking about movies. That's me and my friend uh, Sophie Blair, musician uh, and writer and cool person. Um, do, you want to, do you want to plug your show as well? And then we also do found footage, which is about movies. Together, we do found footage, which is about movies, and then we also do uh, handheld talk, which is the polar opposite of Closet Crit, where <laughs> me and Almer uh, talk about uh, handheld video games and video games more broadly in a very casual discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. It's good stuff. Um, and, yeah, you can email us questions at questions at spookygame.club. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Grace underscore machine and other social medias at some configuration of Grace. Some it's some Grace dot machine. Some it's Grace machine. Stuff like that. You can find me if you look for me. Uh, how about you, Rose? You can find me on Twitter at bluest rose four three zero. Um, okay. Well, yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening in. Uh, stay out of STEM. I'm glad they're expanding their reach. There's more queer people and stuff now. Yeah, that was. Emma and I were both howling when, like, um, when Yukiko keeps being like, "I feel so bad about how many people I put into STEM." (laughs) (laughs) Oh, girls who code really went dark. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Um, but yeah, thanks for catching us and we'll, we'll see you next time.
Beside the new 